call on the name of the Lord together as we are. Let's uh, seek after the presence of God. It's so awesome to see everyone tonight. A few important needs. You know, first of all, I want to say sometimes when we pray, uh, we how many pray with a list, which is very good. How many pray with a list sometimes? And sometimes, yes. And you give the list, <laughs> and uh, it, it's a. Uh, I think it's important to have a list. It's important to be spontaneous in prayer. It's also important to have a list because, you know, tonight I want to bring up, let's pray for uh, Sister Daisy because sometimes it's easy uh, when we've got a great group need that comes on and tells all these prayer requests. But I've put so many out prayer requests out sometimes that uh, it, it's kind of that emergency prayer, you know, boom, 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 boom. We got this person in. And, but uh, let's make sure also that we, we, some people, we pray in an emergent condition, but yet they're still dealing uh, with loss. They're still dealing with grief. They're still dealing with those things. So let's, let's remember, you know, to kind of go back sometimes and look at that list from two weeks ago because people aren't always, they'll, I need prayer, but they're not just going to keep coming always. So let's remember those in prayer tonight. Let's remember Daisy and, uh, and that, that God just continues to touch her. Uh, also, Pastor Watts, I don't know how many people have gotten the Holy Ghost here. Anybody here tonight, did you get the Holy Ghost when Brother Watts was here? Maybe not that, but I know we had a long revival that somebody every Sunday was getting the Holy Ghost. Uh, his wife is an intensive care unit on the ventilator, and it didn't sound like the doctors were giving her much hope when I talked to her, him and prayed with him about 2.30 uh, this afternoon. So very unexpected, very sudden. Uh, she is in shock right now. So please pray uh, for Sister Watts tonight. Also, uh, and uh, perhaps Sister Janice, is anybody set up to come pray? If not... Sister Janice, if you'll come lead us in prayer in a moment. And also, uh, let's pray for Sister Crutchfield. Uh, Sister Beverly Broach uh, was laying hands on me when I received the Holy Ghost. She comes here online. You, most of you have never met her. Uh, she comes here online every Sunday. And uh, she's probably on right now. Her grandson, uh, I guess it would be Sister Crutchfield's second cousin, uh, is uh, had an accident. He's young. His child. He's seven years old. Was on a go kart, and he's in uh, in pretty bad condition in the hospital. God's touching him, though we believe. But he his sternum was broken. Some ribs were broken. His lungs were bruised. His liver was lacerated in in a go kart accident uh, yesterday. So so pray. For him and and pray a little a private condition but just pray for sister bank and she's got uh, just a, a very uh, deep need uh, that we need to pray for her and pray for brother Bankins as well tonight and uh, so that's the ones that i have now i'm going to start probably start over there i'm going to start over here and work my way backwards any over here any needs that we need to bring before the throne of grace Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. All our families. Any others as I'm moving through. Pray for Brother Moore tonight. Amen. Julian Ryan. Pray for Julian Ryan. Unspoken.
feet, God. Cinematic hosts, God, to surround her, Lord, oh God, right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. He's a great God. A great God. Amen. Sister Christie's ready back there to bring the house down for our youth and hyphen. Uh, Y'all make sure she preaches up with fire and does that. You gotta tell her to get that hat going. And try to get that every once in a while. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, Brother Munden, if you'll come grab this, Brother Parks, I asked them to grab a scripture for me. Sister Crutchfield, I want to invite you to come help me tonight. Thank you, sir. I mean, he's glad to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. If you would, turn with me to uh, Acts chapter, not Acts, I love Acts. Don't you love Acts? I saw something today post about what book, if you were, it was, I guess it was a pastor's chat or preacher's chat, if you were preaching a series uh, on an entire book in the Bible, which book would you use? And, and my second choice was the book of Acts. Maybe it should have been my first choice, I don't know, but I love Genesis. I love Genesis. I could, I, I can, I've read Genesis probably more than I've read every other book. You know how bread starts out in January and it's always with Genesis and, and I always get started real good. <laughs> and I love, I love Genesis. How many's read Genesis probably more than you read anything else? All right, great, great. Brother Parks, what's your, what book would you preach on? You can't have Genesis or Acts. I'm doing that. Job. Job. Oh, man. Praise God. Brother Banks? James. James. That, that is just that straight, you know. Brother Fowler? John. John. Gospel of John? All right. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Christian? Revelation. Re oh, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sister Fowler? Which which book? What did she say? First Samuel. All right. All right. Sister Jacqueline? Hosea. Sister Banks. I didn't even come over here. Sister Saray? Anybody else? Ephesians and Proverbs. Ephesians. Put on the whole armor of God. Proverbs. Let me say this about Proverbs. They, but when I was in Bible college, they told me that there was uh, among the among many of the uh, more devout Jews that they would say if you read to read a book, uh, a, a chapter in Proverbs every day. And, uh, and until you read it, you know, read it the entire each month. And I can't remember how many times that if you would do that a certain number of times, the wisdom of Proverbs, you, you would absorb the wisdom that's in Proverbs, that God's placed in Proverbs. Yeah. Amen. Anybody else? 
Kings. Good book. Good book. All right. Is that everybody? Sister M. Lisa Drake. Psalms. Oh. Psalms. That's a good book. They're all good, aren't they? Christian, do you have your hand up again? Oh, no. It's Proverbs. All right. All right. Hey, let's go to Hebrews. Are y'all there? I'm not. Hebrews chapter 10. Who wanted Hebrews? Who said they were going to preach out of Hebrews for an entire series? Sister Saray. All right. Hebrews 10. Brother Steve, remember this volume for Sunday morning. Lock that in. Okay. If you can't trim me, uh, just some for tonight. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 19. Let's we'll start there. You want to, we can stand for the reading of the word just in honor of that. Therefore, brother, brothers, since we have confidence, there's that word confidence, to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering this is ESV by the way for he who promised is faithful and you some of you he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Now, if you could skip down to verse 35. Cast not away, back in KJV, therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense, of reward for you have need of patience can anybody say amen? amen that after you've done the will of God you might receive the promise for yet a little while and he that shall come will come and will not tarry that'd be a good message right there wouldn't it he that shall come will come now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. I want to focus on verse 35 tonight. I want us to. And uh, the, the scripture says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. I want to talk for a few minutes on who are you? Who are you? All right. Brother Christian, lead us in prayer tonight. Father, thank you for allowing us to come together tonight to hear your word, God. Come, come unto us, open up our ears, and let us hear what you have to tell us tonight. Lord, we thank you for everything you've given us, and we pray that you stay in prayer. Let's give the Lord a hand to pray.
God's good. You can be seated. Hallelujah. God is so good to us. And when he's excited about what the Lord is doing. Amen. Amen. And when you want all of this piling to kind of at least decrease a little bit. Amen. How many cars are nice and clean and washed and pretty? How many have yellow all over them? All right. So, who are you? Who are you? If we look at, um, at this scripture, it appears as though one of the things the enemy would like to do is to take away your confidence. How many would say that confidence, that sometimes you've had a confidence issue? How many would honestly say that at times you've had a confidence issue? And how many would say that perhaps there's something in your life that God has asked you to do and you were not willing to do it? Not everybody has this now. And, and, and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit. But you didn't do it. You wouldn't do it. You let somebody else do it because you didn't think yourself good enough, worthy enough. Uh, you didn't think your voice sounded good enough, you know, to speak in front of somebody. You didn't think that uh, you could preach uh, or if somebody asked you to speak, you, you, you said no, perhaps. I'm, I'm not saying that in a negative aspect, but how many, how many times have we all had an issue in that area, or many of us, I, I know. but yet we say, how many of us have prayed and asked God, God, I want to do your will, I want to do your plan, or whatever it is, if, if it gets me out of my comfort zone, I'll do it, God, I, I don't mind, whatever it is, oh God, uh, please, I, I want to do what your plan is, have you ever prayed that prayer, or one similar to it? So on, on Sunday, we, we looked at Moses in Exodus 4. And, you know, then Moses answered the Lord, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. Now, now in that, oh, you think about that. How many times have we not done something? Let me think about this. Because we were concerned what somebody else would think if we did that. Nobody? Anybody you want to share? There's some there's some time that comes to your mind right now of a time that you didn't do something that you were supposed to do. It doesn't have to be, you know, church, spiritual, God, maybe at work. And you didn't do it because you were concerned what somebody else thought. Brother Josh? very first time God ever asked me to pray for somebody, I was sitting in church in Morris, Kansas, and this lady was sitting across the church giving her testimony. She was giving her testimony, and she was talking about how uh, she needed prayer or whatever. And I thought God told me on the other side, he's like, go pray for her. And I was like, I was a kid at the time, but God told me to go pray for her. And I, I said, no, I didn't want to pray. I didn't know what I was going to 
So I'll always I told them about that. Hallelujah. And you were young. You were young. Sister Banks, I think she Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to you. Uh, 
Has God ever done something to confirm something to you? Has he ever given you a sign? We don't seek after signs, obviously, but have, have you ever sought after a sign? God gave you a sign, you know, even though we don't seek after it. And he confirms something with that sign. And, and so God tells him then, he says, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand in his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was leprous, white as snow. You know, whoa. And uh, it didn't. God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak, took it out, and all of it was restored like the flat rest of his flesh. That's a pretty major deal in this time because leprosy was one of those diseases they didn't have a treatment or a cure for. So if you had it, you were forever, uh, you know, unless certain that there was a process that some people could perhaps get deliverance or a miracle, but most of the time they even went to colonies to live in. And so, so God was showing him these things, and they were miracles. And uh, if they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe, even though these two signs, or listen to your voice, you shall take some water. How many of you pray, God, I'll do it if it's your will. I don't mind. I'll do whatever until God just kind of right there. All, we say that, I think, sometimes thinking God's not going to. And, you know, God, and then all of a sudden God does and we're like, whoa, hold on a second, God. And I'm like, That's a little, you know, I was talking when I got a little older. I got a little older. Brother London, Let's stop right there. Wait, no, wrong one. Brother Parks, let's stop right there. You read that scripture for me. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. So does God know you? When does he know you? Who, does he form you? And who does he make you in the image of? His image. So he makes Chris Parks in his image. He formed you. Have you ever thought about the fact that when there are certain things about self that I don't like, that to some degree, if I criticize it, how many, how many don't think it's cool to criticize other people? It's not cool, is it? And, and, but yet, how many won't think anything, and, and I do this, about criticizing yourself? You'll be quick to jump on self. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. And, and so I'm quick to condemn myself, to criticize myself. Uh, you know, we don't like it when other people do it, but but we don't mind it when we do it ourselves. You know, I get up here and talk about not having any hair, and then I go out. And somebody else says it's, it's got hair like Brother Fowler over there, you know, or Christian, just thick and wavy, and they say something. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> who are you that's talking to me about my hair? You with the 
that God knows every number of and He knows a lot more about the hairs on your head. You've got so many more. And, uh, and so, so we, we're quick to do that. We're quick to, uh, to judge ourselves. And yet, here's Moses. Moses said, God was like, look, I'm going to do these miracles through you. And uh, tells Sister Lisa Dre, I'm going to do these miracles through you. And how many, what should our response be? Yeah. Praise God. Here I am, Lord. If you can use anything, you can use me. Take my hands, take my feet. And, 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 and yet, when it comes down, when the rubber meets the road and it comes down to it, sometimes it takes a lot more convincing on God's part to convince us that we can do what we just asked Him in prayer Wednesday night to do through us. And all of a sudden, here he is, okay. And, and what, well, God, you know. Well, take, your, take that staff in your hand and drop it, and it turns into a, a, a snake, or it could turn into, a, you know, drop that thing, and it could turn into a dog or a cat or whatever. And, oh, man, you, you think that's powerful, and you think if God did something like that for me, there's no way I would tell him no in the next statement, right? And, and then another thing, you know, all of a sudden you pull your hand out, and it's diseased, and you put it back. Let's just say all of a sudden you're sick, and you need a miracle. Has anybody ever been sick, and you needed God to move on your behalf, and you needed him to do a miracle, and he did it? How many? And yet, in the midst, we see this and in the midst of it. We can turn around the next moment today. I got I got to share this with you. Uh, so y'all all know I had like this thirty mid thirties, thirty seven, thirty eight thousand dollars worth of bills, right, for my thing. And, and and I thought it was all good. And I had this heart attack, and they fixed it, and they put this stent in, and I feel great, and I was glad I did, and I was praying, and and all of a sudden I found out that insurance sent me a letter that says we're not paying for any of this. And, and, and I mean, thirty-six thousand dollars worth of bills, and I was like, uh, 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 you know, I have faith, and, and I was stirring my faith up, and I was like, oh God, you got it. And then I was thinking, my wife told me, you're alive, so it was worth it. And you know, even if we do have to pay that, and, and so I, I kept appealing with my insurance, and they kept sending me a letter back that says, no, we're not going to do it. And, and, and I went and I, I researched and I got them to say, got the doctor to send a letter of how emergent of a condition this was. And I got all my records and I'm, I had a, a, an amazing file, didn't I? I mean, it was beautiful. But even that if insurance would have paid, I would have had to have paid outside of that my deductibles and the 20%. And it would have come to uh, right around $10,000 is what it would have cost me for that with my insurance. Well, my insurance finally came through. Guess what they said? You don't owe us anything. They said, You're not, we're not paying a penny. We didn't pay a red cent. Nothing. And today, today, uh, the lady, the, this lady I talked to, same lady uh, about two months ago when I was in the midst of the appeal process, and, and she said, Well, I see here on your uh, thing that you're. A pastor and I said yes and uh, she said because I was asking she sent me a bill for I don't know it was 12,000 
something like that, somewhere around 12,000. I was like, well, why is my bill 12,000? It was 36,000, why is it 12,000? She said, well, I see on here you're a pastor. And I was like, yes. Yeah. She said, of a Pentecostal church. And I was like, yes. She said, I grew up Pentecostal. I was like, okay, why is my bill? She's like, I don't know, maybe it's an act of God, Pastor. And so, and so my bill went down to $12,000. Today I called her back because I realized the insurance is not paying. And she was like, today, if you, I didn't know they kind of dealt with you, but she's like, if you pay it today, it'll be $7,200 if you can pay it today. And I started stirring around and scurrying around and seeing what, what balance I had here and what balance I had there. And we, we called her back. But So I added these numbers up. And this is how good God is. It ended up being less for me to have my heart procedure without my insurance than it would have been if my insurance would have actually paid. God's good. God's good. So, so I say that when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises a standard against you. And, 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 and so if you're like me at that moment that you want to get frustrated beyond measure, and, and you want to lose your cool, you want to tell all these people on the phone just what you think. It's very important to keep your composure to not say things that you would regret later. Praise God. You know, and just cast those thoughts down, right? And, and just be friendly. If I would have allowed myself to have been upset with this lady when I was looking at paying my bill and she... I don't know what her faith place is right now, but I didn't. I was calm. I was so pleasant. Y'all would have been proud of me. That's my pastor. And I was calm. And then that's when it kind of comes out. Now, I have flunked in that part before. That's when it comes out. You know, she was raised Pentecostal. And you never know. You never know who you're talking to. And, uh, and, and, and so God does these miracles. And God's done these miracles in us. And yet, even though He's done these miracles in us, are there times in your life that you say, no, I can't. God, anybody, God, you know, yes, you've done this miracle for me, but, but, Sister Angie, did you want, or you just agree? You know the truth is what I've done. <laughs> Amen. 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 Sister Sue. I know most of y'all have heard this testimony from Pastor and myself both. Um, but one of the biggest things that, like coming here, it was one of those sort of things like we knew we were supposed to come, but then we're like, oh, we're too young. Oh, we're not ready. Oh, things aren't right. Oh, my goodness. What? You know, so it took us a bunch of years to actually come here. And at the end of the day, it took God taking us all the way to Texas and giving us all these signs. We would be praying about Bible college, and that was one of the things. He was like, God, I'm not ready. I haven't been to Bible college. I can't pastor at church. I haven't been to Bible college. So that was his petition before the Lord. 
And so he was like, oh, what do I do? Do I go to Bible college? I, I, you know, God, I know I need to do this. And literally, when I say signs, we were in Atlanta, and we're just driving down the road, and up in this big, gigantor billboard, it says Houston, Texas. Why? God. <laughs> You're in Atlanta, and this gigantic billboard is just saying Houston, Texas, which is where the Bible college was. Every, it was like every single place we went, everybody was from Texas. Why in the world is everybody I'm meeting from Houston, Texas? Why are you all from there? Every car we would pass by, all the license plates, the back, you know, little plates, they were all from Houston. And we are just like, Lord, really? Really? You know, and, and we're still resistant. We're still like, eh, you know, maybe that's just whatever, you know, that was just a, everybody's flying to Houston. I don't know, whatever that was about. And then we go to a service. Sometimes you got to have it in the service. You know, you're like, oh, well, in, you know, in Atlanta traffic, that way, God. You know, so sometimes you think you got to have it in the service. So we go to this youth rally. This brother gets up there, and he starts preaching, and he is preaching. And, y'all, he is not from Texas, I'm just saying. And he is preaching, and he's preaching. And then, here it comes. Boom. He starts talking about this athlete that came, and she succeeded because she did what the Lord told her to do, and she was from Houston, Texas. <laughs> so it, the Lord does that for us. There's so many times that God is like just waving this gigantic banner in our face, and maybe it's not even because we're a little hard-headed. Maybe it's not even that giant, but you know in your spirit. You know God is saying, this is what I called you to do. This is what I want you to do. And we're still, whether it's low self-esteem, whether we feel unqualified, whether we feel unverified, whether we feel all the things, if God calls you to it, He will see you through it. You are going to go through it. So anyway, it's a long story. We wound up in Houston, okay? Praise God. We finally wound up there. That took us a minute. But we finally wound up in Houston. And this George girl was miserable, and I cried every day, and it was terrible, and it, it was just one of those things. But you know what? I realized that Houston might not have been the will of God. It was the will of God to get us to the perfect will of God. Does that make sense? Sometimes God will use avenues to get you where you need to be. Because we sat in the service, and we're in Houston, Texas, we're, he's at Bible college, I'm doing piano, and I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm learning, and all these things. And we're sitting in a service at Brother Kilgore's church, and Mark Morgan gets up to preach. And literally, it's like, you know, and this is a gigantor church, and, and like, we're sitting like this. Mark Morgan gets up there, is like, stares us dead in the face, and he said, somebody has a mantle on their shoulders that God gave you. You need to pick the mantle up and you need to go do that. God had to take us all the way to Houston to get us exactly right where he wanted us to be. So when Morgan said that, a little backdrop on that is Brother Wilson. Uh, we got the Holy Ghost in Rome, Georgia, where Brother Billy Jack Wilson is from. And he'd come through there, or he was up there, and we had a service that Brother Wilson and Sister Dean ended up, the preacher got, you know how people use examples, and, and the preacher got 
a lot of people up there stand across from each other. People that were under 40, people that were over 40, something like that. And it just so happened that Brother Wilson cast his mantle on me. And Sister Dean, who was his sister, cast her mantle on my wife. And then so, so I'm saying that because years after that is when Brother Morgan, we would be in Texas, and Brother Morgan would say, somebody has a mantle that you need to pick up. This is years later. This is not like six months or 12 months. This was years later. And it was that confirmation because it was hard, you know, to go to Texas. But then when we got to Texas and we're there a year, and you're like, God, am I supposed to do this? Uh, am I supposed to leave? And, and we ended up hard-headed. We are hard-headed. It's kind of like Moses here. You can do this miracle and do another miracle. Here's another miracle. Here's another miracle. Here's another miracle. All these signs. And yet, and yet you're saying you're not worthy and you can't and you're not able to and, and all, all of these things. So we leave that service and the next week I get a page. Everybody come to the office. Never gotten one of those pages. We all walk in the house. whole establishment, I'm talking, I think like 150 employees. And our ambulance that we worked on was a special pediatric intensive care unit ambulance and we were making money we knew that we had six people that were making clearing uh, 1.2 million dollars minimum a year off of a contract and and yet they pulled us in there and they said hey uh, stocks dropped and because the stocks dropped the whole houston division is getting laid off and you're getting laid off and this is right after this service and and then but we're going to give everybody a severance package and that severance package more than covered our expenses to move all the way back to georgia so uh you know uh, god's, good. god's good i just want to add to that if god told you to do something do it yeah. it's that simple it is honestly that simple. We had to go all, I mean, felt like halfway around the world to be able to get back to where God actually called us to be. You know, so if the Lord has called you to do something and you know that in your spirit, don't let self, don't let people, don't let things that have been said to you or things that, just in your own mind. You know, we create these things in our mind like, well, this A has to be to be attached to B and then C has to be attached to A. You know, and, and we just add all these things up and we think it should just be just so. God doesn't work like that. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are so far above our thoughts that we have to trust in Him. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if it feels wonky and you are just like, Jesus, what in the world? If the Lord has confirmed it, step out there on faith. We walk by faith. We live by faith. Step out there because God's going to get you through it. If it's His voice, He's going to get you through it. Now, I want to ask you if how are you able if God's calling you to something? Let me back up just a minute. So we went to Houston. It was a period of training in our life, but ultimately we knew the God was right here at Life in Hinesville. I'll go to camp meetings and Brother Wilson would show up and he'd have a group in that blue, light blue, dark blue van, if any of y'all remember that. And, and they would all be in there worshiping and I was drawn to them. 
every time, and I was, I was, there was this, there was this deep place in my heart uh, for them. And I, I remember one night that Raul Sanchez was in there praying. He, he had gotten the Holy Ghost just a little bit before that. And he was up there praying. Man, I, I was up there with their group just praying. I just felt this connection that just was not a natural connection, but it was a spiritual connection. And, and, and just uh, God was connecting me at this time. And this was years before everything transpired and everything happened. Uh, but but Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I'm not eloquent. And I know I was saying this. Brother Parks, you remember when y'all went to Mississippi? And uh, I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was Sister Crutchfield that spoke something to you and, uh, or, or said something. Or maybe she said it to me. And she was like, They're going, but they're going to learn something. And then they're going to come back here. And they're going to bring what they learned. And do you remember that? Something along that line. Show broke my heart, even though I knew you were coming back. <laughs> because when the Lord speaks to us with them, I'll just use that for an example. The Lord spoke to me in the altar. It was the service they were leaving, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me. And he said, they're going. He spoke the number three. And he said, they're going, but they will be back. Well, I never told them that because I was like, mm, not me. I ain't getting all up in Jesus' business. I will just let God go. Yeah, so I told him. and But what happened was God did do a work. God develops us sometimes. So sometimes you will have a Texas experience, or you will have a Mississippi experience, or you will have a, you know, a training ground that you're like, what in the world? I feel like I am in a pit. I feel like I'm in a dungeon. I feel like, but guess who got thrown in a pit to learn some things? God set him up through that, through being thrown in a pit, he got set up to be what God wanted him to be. Sometimes it's not always easy. Y'all remember I told y'all I've been lying in Texas. This girl's a Georgia girl to the bone. And I got out there and, you know, all the things were like, I just, I'm a Texan because I got here as quick as good and all those. You know, y'all know those banners that happen in Texas. And they do have good donuts, no, I'm saying. But anyways. <laughs> so, but it wasn't, it was, it was for us at that time. But it felt like a pit because God was training, training us and training, showing us and all those things to get us back. So if you feel yourself in a three-year journey, let me encourage you. There is a time you're going to come out of that journey. You're going to come out of that three-year wilderness experience. You're going to come out of that three-year desert. And you're going to be in the will of God. As long as you let God develop you in that three-year time frame. So don't run from, from the pushing and the pressure in Texas and Mississippi and the pit and all the things that have to happen to get us where God wants us to be. And I'm not saying Mississippi was a bad thing for them. I'm just saying, like, for me, Texas was tough. But, so don't resist when God's developing you because he's building something in you. He's making you what he wants you to be. Sometimes, yeah, I don't, this wasn't in my notes. Not, not even here, how did we get here? But uh, God had to take us through Texas here because 
he had to develop something inside of us. Right. He had to toughen us up. Else, first major trial, we would have bolted like lightning. And, 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 and we've had some major trials. And, uh, and, and we learn we what it's like and the need to stick it out and to stay with it and no matter what trials come your way you stand in there and you fight the good fight of faith and you, you, you become immovable in the presence of God and the things of God if God sent you there then then you're going to stand and you're going to make it and, and we had to go through that experience and then I will say I'm just going to add this I feel this in the Holy Ghost I add this we went back from Texas, still hard-headed. We went back to Rome. Y'all get this. Y'all don't want to talk about hard-headed. I mean, hard God says, pick this mantle up. I need the mantle. But I wasn't ready. I didn't feel like I was ready. And and we went back to Rome and sat there on, on a pew for a little while. And my pastor ministered, taught us things in that time. But uh, when I first got back, the message he preached my pastor and we still talk about this because of how it made us feel because I felt like you know maybe I left too early or something I don't know and, and he preached a message Samson you got what you wanted but you lost what you had and uh, you lived three years in what I would say is perhaps the permissive will of God and, and you, it will teach you I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand until I hear the voice of God. Wait upon the Lord. He shall renew your strength. Well, that was rough. And, uh, but it, it was also it was a wilderness for us, but it was a time that we really learned. It was a time that ministerially I, I personally grew uh, significantly. But I did so often, you know, the easy times of life is not what we learn from. And we, we don't, when everything's going great, we don't sit down and we don't fast for days at a time and read, you know, books at a time, not chapters, you know, not verses, books at a time as much. And we, all of these things, we do those things when we're going through. Because when we're going through, we seek God more. I wonder why sometimes we have to go through a lot of things. But when everything's great, and you know you're you're making uh, uh, you're making good money, your bills are paid, you got money in the bank account. Pastor gets up here and talks about you know uh, have you heard raising money for the new church or giving money to well, to. North American Missions, Christmas for Christ. Man, you're like, oh, here's a thousand dollars. Right? Mm -hmm. I got one. Yeah. Hey, you know, life, when life is not difficult, we tend to back off a little bit right. by nature. But when life gets difficult, instead of running away from God, people of faith run to Him. And, but man, wouldn't it be better if we didn't have to go through a lot of things we do have to go through to become what we are called to become? So Moses, back to Moses, Moses said, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. 
but I am of slow speech and of tongue. I remember telling God when he was calling me to preach, and all these Pentecostal preachers would come through. All, all these guys from Louisiana and Texas, which is, you know, a lot of heart of Pentecost, and they come through and preach, and then they tell all these stories. Anybody, anybody heard storytellers? I may be telling stories right now. I don't know. But am I telling stories? But they, they come through, and God was calling me to preach. So I was like, God, I can't preach. I don't have any stories. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get up here and tell them. I, I don't have all, all that that this brother says and that this brother says and this brother. I don't have all that. You know, I'm 25 years old. I don't have any stories. And, uh, and don't tell God that he'll give you some stories. And, uh, and, and not always the good way. But but this, this scripture just so brings me back. To I want to add something while he said that. God called him to preach. By nature, this isn't who he is. So if God's called you to something that by nature... It isn't who you are. That's okay. Because when God does it, you can stand back and go, that wasn't me. And that's where you walk in God. Because he's truly, naturally an introvert. He is very introverted. He's very laid back. I mean, when we were young in the Lord, he'd rather be in the sound room than anywhere else. You know, so when God called him to preach, it was one of those things. It didn't fit his personality. It didn't fit what he thought. That's where when God calls you to something, I encourage you, because I really, I don't even know how we wound up here, because this is so far from where we all we were going. I was like all these guys that get up behind the pulpit, man, they have this, they have this pretty hair. <laughs> Back to the hair. <laughs> so if God has called you to it, Maybe you're thinking, God, I don't feel children's ministry because I don't know that I have the patience or whatever. If God's called you to it, I have news for you. He will give you. He will equip you. He will just rain down from heaven like manna all the things that it is that you need to do what he's called you to do. I don't really, it doesn't matter what we think. It's about what God said. That's what the title of this is, is who are you? You're a child of God. You're called of the Most High God to be exactly what He has called and ordained you to be. Be all of that. Because that's what He wants you to be. We have to move ourselves out of the way and just be like, I, I, I don't think I'm capable. But God, you are more than able. So I encourage whatever it is. So Moses tells God, slow speech and tongue and it just fits with what like I go back in my life and the excuses I would lay before God and then the Lord said to him who has made man's mouth who makes him mute or dead or seeing or blind is it not I the Lord now therefore go and I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall speak but he said oh my Lord Please send someone else. Please send someone else. Have you ever asked God to send somebody else? Send somebody else. But who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who's God called you 
to be. Now, I, I want to ask you, how should we should we fit our personalities in our ministries? Should our personality fit our ministry? The ministry we're called to. I'll just answer that and say no. <laughs> Whatever you're called to do needs to fit what God called you to do, not what you are. Because there is a thing called masking. Sometimes we've masked our personality and we are not what we should be. We're not what God called us to be. We are not what we have the authority to be. It's because of things that have happened that we've become something else. God sees past all that. God sees to the person that you really are. God sees your heart. God knows what he has equipped you to do. So let God do that. I will say that if God calls you to something, He will train you. He will teach you. That's what God's telling Moses here. In the same token, you know, if God's not calling you to something, let's just say you're here tonight and God's not called you to anything specific. Uh, I would say in that, sometimes, if God's you know, we should be about our Father's business. Yes. And we should be doing the will of God and the purpose of God. And, and if God didn't call me to preach, I would the happiest place I would be is back there on the opposite side of the church. I would be content behind those computer screens and that soundboard. And, and, and like, it would feed me. And, and, and it would just be what I, I wanted. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. God may call you to that and your personality fits that. So so I think that that, that if, if God's not calling you to something, if God's not calling you to preach, you know, I don't know that you should get up in front of people and, you know, you're super shy like I was and, you know, you just get down and you feel like, ooh. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, if God's called you to that, that's fine. That's wonderful. God's going to work through that. But if God didn't call you to that, there's no need to subject yourself to things that are extremely uncomfortable for you. Does that mean? Uh, and, and, and if God did call you to that, he will work with you on that. And it's not going to... It's not going to be automatically instant, you know, just right now you walk in and everything's good. But I'm going to say this, just like Sister Crutchfield said, I was shy. I wanted to be behind the scenes, and God kept calling me to preach. And, uh, and, and he wouldn't leave me alone. I mean, he would not let off. I would I would lay there in the bed at night, pray until the wee hour, 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, and telling God, yes, yes, yes. And then I would fall asleep and I would get up the next morning and I'd say, no. <laughs> and, 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 and then here it comes again. I, I remember one night I was at work and uh, I worked EMS and we had 24-hour shifts. And, and usually we were busy most of the time and a lot of the night. And this night, for some reason, I don't know how, but there were no calls. And do you all think God can just stop everything from happening and just... And I was there at State, and my partner uh, went to a complete other area all night long. Uh, 
guy I was working with, he, he, he went the other medic, he went the other side. And man, I, I just had all this room to be able to pray, and I prayed, and I sought the Lord, and all night long again. And then guess what? I got off at 7 o'clock in the morning. I went home. I fell asleep for a little while, and I got up. And you know what I said? No. 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 And, uh, and, and so, uh, so, so the, the, the answer, I believe, to should, we, should our personalities fit our ministry falls inside of what we're called to. What you're called to. If, if you're called to it, God will bring you through it. And, but if you are not called to it, then I wouldn't try to force fit myself into something that was very uncomfortable for me, I would find something that was more comfortable to me. But it's very important that you are involved in something. It, it's very, it, it is a process, I, I hate to use this term because it's kind of a carnal term, but there, there is a buy-in in the kingdom of God. And, and you've got to buy-in. Personally, emotionally, you've got to say, you know what, I'm here I, I'm going to get in. I'm going to get involved. Because you, you can stay in the background. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying you can't do ministry. Back, there's background ministries. I'm not talking about those ministries. But you can stay in the background. And, and, and never involve yourself in anything. And you're going to feel like you don't fit. You're going to feel like you don't belong. But if you involve yourself in in things of the kingdom of God. You know, you may be extremely shy and bashful and all those things. And, and you're not going to get in front of the church. You're not going to sing in front of you. might have a beautiful voice. You're not going to sing in front of the church. You're not going to, you're, you're not going to take a classroom of 15 kids and put them in front of you because uh, I remember when, when I first got when I was first a uh, youth pastor, and youth, oh man, it was like, yeah. I, it, it was scary for me. I mean, it was, it was but, but guess what? I always believed in involving myself in whatever, if I was involving myself in myself. I couldn't sit still. Uh, I still can't sit still. But I, I had to do something. It, 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 I painted walls. I mowed, I didn't like mowing grass. I mowed grass. I, I did something because I had to feel involved. And that involvement creates this buy-in mindset inside of us. And, and we want to be more involved. Who are you? Who are you? Uh, so, so that answer is not a, a definite one. Uh, should, our, should our personalities fit our ministries? Uh, but the next thing I want to ask, and I'll, I'll move through this very quickly uh, in, in five, seven minutes. Brother Munden, read that scripture, please. Right, it's a read from Luke 10, chapters of chapter 10, verse 38 through. You got mine? to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village 
and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And as she, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary have chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So, so in that, who chose the better part? Mary. Mary. But this is kind of my, our personal revelation recently. We've talked about this. While Mary chose the better part, what Martha was doing had to happen. Martha did something that allowed Mary to choose the better part. And I've always been like, oh, you know, we need to choose the better part. We need to choose the better part. Sometimes we need to choose our part. Sometimes we need to choose what God's called us to do. And we need to find satisfaction. Yes, we all need to sit at the feet of Jesus. And, and, and when the presence of God is here. But, but there are ministries that even in the background have to be happening. You know, during church service, man, the Holy Ghost is pouring out. God's moving. And, and, and there's a lot of Marys here. But there's also a lot of Marthas that are making sure things are taken. And, and I don't mean that derogatory in any way, shape, or form. There's a lot of, there's people that, our kids are back there in children's church, and there's somebody that has prepared uh, little snacks and taken back there to them. So our kids are not, you know, just absolutely uh, just busting out of there. And we're able to be in here uh, with Jesus. And, and, and there's people working with our children. And Brother Steve's back there, man, and we're sitting here. Oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, God. And, and he's back there, you know, just making sure everything is tight and right and all, all of these things back there. And, and, and all of these things have to happen because it makes a, a worship experience with Christ so powerful and so profound as opposed to if, you know, you came up here and, and everything was was squealing and squeaking and booming and all, all the everything was not right you're not gonna sit at the feet of jesus you're gonna be like you know and, and, and you're not gonna, you can it is so easy to disrupt the presence and that not, not that the spirit of god is subject to that but the, the enemy will definitely use disruption and, and, and sometimes there is a martha that is behind the scenes making sure everything's done. Now, Martha can't be critical of Mary, and Mary is choosing that part, but there are some very important ministries that happen that need to happen. How can you help someone? I, I, I want to talk about it. How can you help someone grow beyond insecurities in ministries in the church? How can you help someone? Sister Jacqueline? Would you like me to get into the example of me helping someone or someone 
just what what would you do to accept, to help someone? What instead of an example, what specifically would you do? say to him 
after he finishes preaching his first message. Or, uh, mm. You did very well. How does that make you feel? Man, because I, I trust you when he comes down, he's not thinking I did great. He he is already before he's given the first step. By the time he gets right here, man, I didn't say that right. What did I say right there? Uh, why did I why did I do that? And and, and, and so when you come to him, and when you come to him, so we want to. I believe the Hebrews said something about we want to encourage each other, right? And if somebody find that in Hebrews ten again, but we want to encourage each other. And, uh, and, and so, what's some other things you'd say? Some of that is timing also. Some of that is timing. When he's first doing that, it, it, it's, it, it, if he's just sang a song and, uh, and, and he, uh, you know, in that song, he went flat on a note. Now, he's not, you know, I'm not talking about the praise team because we, we do have to sing skillfully before the Lord and, and, and they put a lot of practice into that. But I'm talking about he just kind of did this solo and, you know, he got up here like Sister Crystal and, and oh, and, and, and acapella and no, nobody else. And man, it just, wow. And, 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 but, but he, you know, he, he missed the beat and he comes down here and, and, and he's worshiping the Lord. And he's like, and he lifts his hands up and he's like, oh Lord, man, that was bad. I'm sorry. And, you know, and, 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 sister, and Sister Janice leans up and says, you, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. But how, how many would say before with someone, maybe you say, you know, you went flat right there. <laughs> and, uh, and he knows that. <laughs> he knows it. But, uh, but and so, praise God. You did great Sunday, Brother May. You did great. I am so glad. You're going to close this out with us. As quick as we can tear down a child, we can tear down an adult. Right. Amen. And, and we can put somebody back in their shell. And, and, and sometimes, sometimes that's, sometimes that's what we want. Because maybe they're doing something we wanted to do, but we held on to our insecurity so much that we didn't do it, and now they're doing it. And we want to make sure they don't do it because when they get up and do it, it makes me feel bad because I told God no and I didn't do it. Come on now. Praise God. And, 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 and so, so absolutely, encouraging words, encouragement, encouraging each other. Hey, you're doing great. Hey, I, I see the hand of God upon you. And, and you know, and, and I see the Lord really moving in your life. And, and, and I know that God is doing something through you. 
I, I read something the other day, and I had to work on me after I read this, but this was uh, more, uh, I think it was out of Ink Magazine, and it had these things that you, uh, to become more effective, things you don't do uh, in a conversation. And, and I thought about this in, in, in encouraging someone as well. Number one, you don't interrupt. But see, my issue with interruption is if I don't interrupt, I'm going to forget what I am talking about. And, and I, I, so I'm not doing it. Like, it's not like I think what I've got to say is more important. It's like, if I don't take you this, and I'm almost like, uh, hey, we can come back to this. I need to spit this out so you'll remember it. In a few minutes, we'll come back to it. But it's still, do you see how it's still incorrect, though? Sister Angie? about two, three weeks ago, he had brought me the word Hannah tonight. I was like, well, what's this about? He said, I want you to start praying and read the scripture or whatever. And I just use this as an example because it beat me up after a while for not listening to God. So then my, the, my brother's in prison. For the, he's in prison. So then the prison called and said, um, you need to pray for your brother. And my brother got on the phone. He didn't tell my mother. Well, I, I was the one that had to tell my parents. He told me he got diagnosed with stage three prostate cancer. But I'm going to tell you why it beat me up. Because my brother's name is Sammy. So the Lord had already came to me about it. He had already told me to start praying and preparing. And when my brother got on the phone, he said to me, pray for my soul. So it, it, really, it really beat me up emotionally and telling me stop to tell me to stop second-guessing myself in my walk right, right. when the Lord gives me something because I had to be the one to give it to my mother. Right, right. So I just say, this really, this right here really is touching me in every way. If the Lord tells you something to do, because he beat me up because for years when it came to deliverance and different things because I had a lot of church hurt, I walked away because I was frustrated with the attacks on my child and my family and different things. Because my family, they ain't going to church and they ain't paying no tithes. But I'm going to intercede and it's going to happen. So, so I just say that, you know, it, that's just an example. Thank you, sis. Praise God. And, and, and so Hebrews tells us in chapter 10, we could stand up. I really would like to keep going in some of this, but, but I know it's getting late. The hour is late. Uh, so what? So the article summed up said, don't interrupt. What somebody's telling you is very important. person you're talking to, if it's first-time guest, or if it's somebody that's been in church 20 years, you should listen. What they're saying is important. And, and then the other thing, and I have to say, I, I have done this just out of habit. And I've got, hmm, not listening to respond, that's good. Uh, but stop one-upping what that person's saying. That's good. How many would say you, you're bad about that? I mean, I, I just, by nature, you know, Brother Parrish tells me, man, I went fishing the other day and I caught a shark this long. 
I wouldn't have touched it, but not caught a shark this long. <laughs> and, 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 and then I'm like, man, I went and I caught one this long. You know, I, I just, that's awesome. I mean, I'm not really saying anything, man, that's awesome you caught that. Let me tell you about the shark I caught, though. You know what I'm saying? So, so when I read that, I was like, I do that. I do that. But, but maybe I need to. Now y'all are gonna be talking to me, and when I do it, they're gonna. Talk to me. <laughs> and, and, and so, Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking. This is really talking about church. This is really talking about us coming together, and and, and what we should be in the New Testament church. The Spirit of God is moving in this hour. I mean, it, it's happening on our college campuses. It's happening all over. There's a stirring in the spirit. Yes. People are going to draw closer and closer yes. to God. Yes. Yes. And we, the church, have to be there with open arms to receive people. Yes. And, and, and not with not with closed arms to uh, push them away because we're afraid, uh, uh, you know, that, that because they haven't seen truth or any, any of those things. We've got to be there with open arms. It says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. We've got to come together. We've got to be here. We've got to be present. We've got to come together. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Some people do it, but not you. But exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Exhorting one another. That's what Sister Janice was talking about. That's what we've got to do. When when people come in here uh, from the from life and the street, and they're like, you know what? I was at this uh, I was at this prayer service that the community put on, and, and God led me here. And then, hey, come on in. It's awesome. Hey, 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 brother Parsons, look this. Look at this guy right here. He said he was at uh, he was in town at a community prayer service. And, Saw, saw you and God led him here. Man, instead of, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. How, how you, what you going to do, Brother Banks? How you going to do that? I don't know what to do. You're going to be like, man, that is so awesome. Praise God, you came to the right place, brother. We're, we're excited you're here. Hallelujah. Hey, Brother London, I, I want you to meet my brother. Check that God spoke to him and told him to come here. Isn't that amazing? And, 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 and Brother London, you know what he's going to do? He's going to have him pinned up over there. He's going to have him in, just, in a few Sundays at least. He's going to have him in an exploring God's Word Bible study and, and, and teaching him about repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. God is so good to us, isn't he? Would you lift your hands wherever you are? We love you. We magnify you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I, I know you uh, called me to certain things and to do certain things. And, and there's time in my life that I've not done those things, and I'm sorry for that. But, God, let us tonight become stronger together. Let us tonight, Lord, draw closer and closer to you. Let us hear your voice as the church of the living God. God, as you're pouring out your spirit all over this world, 
Please pour your spirit out. Continue to pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out even more than what you've ever poured it out before here at Life UBC 1301 Pipkin Road, God. Let your anointing fall upon this place. We know, God, that, that there's a ladder, Lord, and, and to heaven, and, and there's angels of God ascending and descending, Lord. God, let those angels of God ascend and descend right here tonight in this place, Lord. God, we call upon your name. Lord Jesus, we magnify you. We lift you up. Oh, hallelujah. Is there anybody that wants to step out of your pew for a moment and just throw your hands in the air and say, Lord, if you can use anything, you can use me. Here I am, God. Here's my hands. Here's my feet, God. No matter what, no matter where, God, if you've called me to it, I know you'll bring me through it, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I just exalt you and I lift you up. around. 
for just a moment tonight, would you would you just take a moment, if you feel in the Holy Ghost, step out and go pray with someone and just speak a word of encouragement over their life, if you feel it. Just kind of go up beside a brother, brother, or a sister, sister, and just say, Look, I, I, I just say, you just tell them the truth. Tell them what you feel. I feel the Holy Ghost all around you. I feel that God, that God's doing something right now. I feel the presence of God. There, there's, there's, a, there's a glow about you. There's, I see the presence of God surrounding your life. Would you just pray for someone right now for just a moment? God, I love you. I praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, God, I just exalt your wonderful name.
man, with this inflation, hotels are high, and that really is a good rate, good place to stay, and uh, you get to see your brothers and sisters uh, go to the Coke machine at midnight 30 when you're thirsty and need something to drink, and uh, slide down there, and you'll hear Sister Jacqueline punching that ice machine that's right across from your room, you know, about 3 o'clock in the morning, she's going to decide to fill her, cool, her bags up with ice. <laughs> Praise God. So make sure tonight, if you're able, let Brother Munden know uh, $50 is all you need to secure the room, right? $50 to secure the room. So that's that's happening. That's coming fast. We do, we do have an anniversary service coming up. Not in just a few weeks, isn't it? And uh, not too far away at all. Looking forward to that. Uh, Brother Cruz, if you would come, lead us in prayer. Am I leaving anything crucial out besides our regular ministries?